Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. We're going on to the next town so I can minister to those people. And you can imagine the disciples saying to Jesus, You're going to leave those people back at our house? Untouched? Yeah. Well, where in the world did you get that refocusing? From my time with the Father this morning. See, God's ways are not our ways. You can't meet everybody's need. Jesus didn't meet everybody's need. He met the needs that God brought to him. It can be frustrating being a Christ follower because God just doesn't think like you do. He did at least warn you about that, though. He said in Isaiah that my thoughts aren't your thoughts. Pastor Mark will be reminding you about that fact in today's teaching. He'll be talking about the ways that Christ followers become better Christ followers and what you have to do to reach that goal. He'll tell you about the benefits of making the effort to get closer to both God and your Christian family. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Mark chapter 3 as he continues his message, Connected to God who is present and active. going to do this together. So here's two promises in one verse that God gives to Moses. Write them down. Promise number one, Moses, I, God, will be with you. Now I'm beginning to know a little bit about the character of God. He's not aloof. He's knowable. And we're supposed to do this thing called life together? Well, in the New Testament, of course, follow me. So I will be with you. That's a huge promise. In fact, when we get to the Hebrews, God says it like this. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But you and I have all been here when we've had a difficult time. Here's what we say privately, maybe not publicly, but we'll say, God, where are you? You abandoned me in this thing? Some of you here going through a difficult time. You say, God, where are you? What's the deal? You said you'd be with us. Well, he's with you. Understand his character. He's not against you. He's for you. Look at the second promise. Moses, with me, you will have success in the future. I want to just say this to you. If you understand this one, you'll enjoy life. No matter hards, difficulties, ups, downs, whatever. Success is simply doing what God asks us to do. Success is being in his will. Being in his will sometimes, very difficult. Paul and Silas, beaten, 
in a jail prison so that a whole family would come to Christ and that church would have a jump start. Understand, when you serve God, when his word is in you, then you will be a success. You can't be a success with God in spiritual things without doing life with him. You can be a success in the world. That doesn't last very long. Notice all the great successful people in the world. The world will never give you what God can give you. Now, that's just the beginning. Notice Moses. In verse 13, Moses said, okay, let's go. Is that what your Bible says? No. More like you and me, right? And Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and they say to them, and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? Remember, they were in a pagan society where there was like hundreds of gods. So Moses says, in this interview, Moses says this, God, who are you? That's a good question. Who are you? I need to know more about you. In fact, I don't even know your name. Who are you? I can't trust you. I can't obey you unless I know you. And then Moses basically uses an excuse. I can't introduce you to people if I don't know who you are. And look at verse 14. Look what God says in verse 14. God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Now, without explanation, we go, thank you very much. (laughs) Who are you? I am. Thank you very much. It's all clear to me now. I got it. (laughs) I don't think so. See, in the original language, God responds to Moses, and he reveals his name. It's a name that we sing quite often, Yahweh. You remember the Jewish people wouldn't put the consonants in there. I only have consonants, no vowels, so Y-H-W-H, Yahweh. What he says is this, I am who I am. Spend time with me. Learn from me. Here's what you'll discover. You'll know me. What am I? I am almighty God. I'm the creator. I am the sustainer. I'm the life giver. I'm the caretaker. I'm the purpose giver. And I want you to write these down, but I want you to put your name in both of these. This is what God's saying to you, not just to Moses. This is what God's saying to me. Mark, I am God, all that is necessary as any occasion arises. I am God in whatever is needed, no problem. Because I'm God. The second one, Mark, I am God, and this is the one we're dealing with more. I am God who is present and active. See, God is not aloof. God is not apathetic. He isn't like the idols of the world. He's approachable. Your God is approachable. Moses is talking to the creator of the universe. He's present, and he's definitely active. They're in conversation. They're spending time together. Now, if you and I can wrap our minds around those two truths, that the God you serve is available to minister to you regardless, that should speak volumes to some of you. And second, if you can understand 
that wherever you go, God already is. He's active and he's present. He's with you. He's present. We're not doing life alone. When the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, we don't have two chairs. The Holy Spirit lives in here. He's God. But we forget it. The disciples were doing life with Jesus, who was present and active. Easier for us to picture that than it is the Holy Spirit. Now, when you see that's God, then how do I learn to get to know him like that? How do I get to a place where I can trust him that regardless of what he asked me to do, I can hear his voice, I can understand it, and I can have faith to step out? How do I do that? Well, Jesus shows his disciples exactly how to do that. And I'm going to show you as well. So let's turn to Mark chapter 1 in the New Testament. Kind of back where we were just a couple of chapters before that. And watch this. Here's lesson number three that the disciples are about to learn. Write this one down. Start and refocus your day with God. Jesus had had a hugely successful day, and he was tired. He was in Peter's mother-in-law's home. Look at verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, And he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. What picture do we have? This is Jesus as a man. He's going to spend time with who? God. Anybody else around? Nobody else around. Don't you think about that? Why did he go out of the house? Because those would be like a two-room house with 12 people in it. So he had to go away before he could get alone. So he started the day with God. Now, why would he start the day with God? Because he didn't know what God knows. Oh, I can do this. No, you can't. Either can I. Now, the Bible gives us great insight how to start a day. Psalms 5.3, you ought to notice something. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice in the morning. I lay my request before you, and I wait. There's time. I wait in expectation. I'm expecting you to speak to me. Second, Psalm 143. Let me hear of your unfailing love each morning, for I'm trusting you. Why does David say that? Because he knows God. Show me where to walk, for I give myself to you. Show me how to do life today. Because you know things I don't know. Now, what is this showing us? Very important. Doing comes after being. Jesus is going to do some things, but before he goes and does them, he's going to learn what God wants to do. That's why the start of the day is crucial for most of us. Now, 20 years ago, plus, some of you have been here a long time. I learned it way before we even started the church. I learned a principle. It's not legalistic, but it's a great principle. And I want to challenge you with it. Some of you already proceed in this, but sometimes maybe just refreshing you as we go through, it'll help you. I discovered something. Here's the things I want you to write down. If you're going to do 
this thing called a little time with God, you need these things. You need time. You need an appointment. You need to say to God, okay, I'm going to give you 15 minutes in the morning or 10 minutes in the morning. If you want to start with 10 minutes, that's fine. 10 minutes. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I don't have time for 10 minutes. Shut the stupid news off. It gets worse every night anyway. Go to bed 10 minutes early and you'll have 10 minutes. Amen. Can I hear an amen on that one right now? Okay. When you watch that, who wants to watch anything else? Lord, help us. So get up. Put it on your day timer. What's that thing being? It's God speaking. Hallelujah. Let's go out there. Next, you have to get a place alone and quiet. You say, I can't do that in the house. You got kids, whatever. I have to shut the door because of Kimmy, the puppy. And I say to my wife, come get this dog so I can have a quiet time. And then we have to trade off. You do what you need to do. If you have to go outside, you go outside. Go get in the car. It's fine. Sit in the car. Have a quiet time. Number three, you need the Bible. Now, why do you need a Bible? I want you to read the Bible before you read a devotion. See, the Bible is God's revelation to you. I know the Bible's true. Sometimes the devotions aren't exactly all right. Okay? So get you a Bible. What comes from that? Direction and faith. Here's a big one under that. Read it for quality, not quantity. Pastor Mark, I took a half hour this morning and I read 14 chapters. Praise God. You know God better, right? Who? Do you understand what I just said to you? Yeah. Well, I knew all these words. Next. Then you can use a devotional. Then you need a journal and a pen. So here's what I do. I have a journal, and it would look something like this. And I actually write, and I do this in around 20 to 30 minutes. I write that. And look at the last thing, a notepad. Now, why do I need a notepad? I already have a journal. If I have a journal, why do I need a notepad? Because the minute you begin thinking... Five things will come in your mind. I got to call the doctor's office today. I forgot to do this. Am I right? So I used to get up and get it. Then get distracted and never get back. I learned, devil, you're not going to get me. Right there it is. And there's nothing wrong with stopping and writing that. Because then you can get back and write to God. Amen? All right, now, what does that look like? And I don't have time to go into this, but I want you to just see. Let me read this verse to you. Be still and know that I am God. There is so much stuff going through our minds. I need to be still and know he's God. What God? The I am God who's present Right there with me in my devotional. As I'm doing my devotional, God's right here with me. We're talking. He's giving directions. He's encouraging me. I'm saying, God, man, I don't feel like you're here. I'm here. Look at your word. I don't know what to do. I do. Trust me. I want to do this now. It's not the time. He said, Part, Mark, like, are you on drugs? See, even if I I joke about that, that's exactly how real God is to me. And that's exactly how real he wants to be. Do you think when Jesus was here and Jesus was saying that to the disciples, go, man, uh, what do you mean you just heard Jesus speak? Well, hello, I certainly just heard Jesus speak. See, if you can't hear God speak, then two things. One, you don't know him because you've not heard his voice enough. 
Or number two, you're not his sheep. My sheep hear my voice. So, Pastor Mark, can you give me direction like that? Absolutely. Inner promptings from the Spirit, and of course, from the Word of God. Now, Pastor Mark, I'm not going to write nothing. I'm not into writing. Okay, that's fine. Do whatever you want, just so you meet God and spend some time. But let me give you a little challenge with this verse. Jeremiah 30, verse 2. This is what the Lord of God of Israel says. Write down. Say it with me, everybody. Write down. Hello. Write down for the record everything I've said to you, Jeremiah. Now, cross Jeremiah's name out there. Put your name there. Don't be obstinate. I'm not in you writing down. Write down. Write down. You don't got to break your hand. Write down. (laughs) I'm just kidding. You know that. Now, what do I do? How do I make it simple? Here it is. On my little journal, I write three things. Yesterday. And I take a moment just to reflect about yesterday. Notice what it says. Evaluate yesterday, the people you met, the decisions you made, how you handled open doors, the use of your time, eternal perspective, sharing the good news. I write things that I did pretty good at and a couple of things I don't. I'm not writing a book. This is not one sheet of paper, the whole thing. So you're not after writing a book and you don't have to worry about, did I spell that word? He knows. He's the ultimate speller. Just write it. Don't be legalistic. Number two, then I open the Word of God, and I'll read a few verses. And you can use a journal to do that, that kind of directs you that way, or a devotional, or whatever, however you want to mix it in. Read a passage, and then allow the Holy Spirit to make it real to you. Notice, spending time on it, and then write down what God says to you regarding the application. So we call that like, uh, what is God saying to me? What, What does the passage say? I'm observing it. And then the application, what is God saying to me? about it. If I just read the verse we had in Jeremiah, and that was part of my devotion that day, what was God saying to me? Well, write down what I'm saying to you. Okay, that's the application. It's not like, oh, he says to write it down. What'd you learn today? To write it down. What God says to me in my quiet time. Did you write it down? No, no, I just learned. That's what God said. I didn't write it down. Why would I write it down? That's the sticky part. And then the last part, I write a few prayers out. You can use however you want. People, relatives, friends, the church, whatever. And of course, that's just part of it. And that's simply a journaling time. This changed my life. I've been a Christian about 35 years. This changed my life. It'll change yours. Just find a way to begin to do it. If you don't know God, the only way to know him is to spend time with him and to get into the Bible. If you're here, and you don't know God, and you want to know God, I mean, you should want to know God, because he knows things you don't know. And you want to do life the best way. And you just have to expect God to say something to you. If nothing else, think about this. Here you are for 15 or 20 minutes in the morning, or 30, whatever. Guess who you're talking to? The great I am. There's no religion in the world that has that. Linda and I cry when we go to the foreign countries. They're bringing fruit and incense and they're begging and they're weeping and they're crying. They're on their knees before idols. And we come back to America and Christians 
Let me say it properly to you. Grab a Bible when they walk into the church. Go to most churches, you won't even see a Bible. And then the rest of the week, no Bible. Two weeks go by, no church. And then they wonder why they're divorced, why the marriage is going sour, why the kids are doing this, why this is happening. They have the great I am in the house saying, I'm ready to meet you. Will you take some time with me? I know more than you know. I love you. Let's do life together. It's a habit that you need to learn. If you learn it, it'll revolutionize your life. Let me tell you what happened. The disciples find Jesus, and they say to him, what are you doing out here? The people back at the house are in the street. They want to be ministered to. Come on back. And Jesus says this, no, we're going on to the next town. Now, this is hard for us. Think about it. He says, no, we're going on to the next town so I can minister to those people. And you can imagine the disciples saying to Jesus, you're going to leave those people back at our house? Untouched? Yeah. Well, where in the world did you get that refocusing? From my time with the Father this morning. See, God's ways are not our ways. You can't meet everybody's need. Jesus didn't meet everybody's need. He met the needs that God brought to him. I want to show you a verse that's interesting. Moses eventually got it. You and I, it's slow for us too. I want you to see this last verse in Exodus 33. Notice what Moses says after he delivers the children of Israel and obeys God. Moses says this to God, If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, that I may know you and continue to find favor with me. What did Moses get? He got sticky. He learned spending time with God, the great I am, was the greatest thing that ever happened in his life. It changed millions of people, including him. Do yourself a favor this week. Go and get your devotional. And let's end with this. Sticky. Daily, I am doing life with God, who is present and active. Practice that this week. The best part of waking up is God is already up and he's waiting to spend some time with you. We're so glad you joined us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. During this unusual time in our world's history, we want to reassure you of your creator's love for you. God is still on the throne and is fully in control of your life and of what's happening in the world around you. We also want to let you know that Calvary Chapel Melbourne is continuing to offer church every Saturday evening and Sunday morning, and you're invited to join us. Though we can't be physically present with one another, we do still want to connect with you. Join Pastor Mark this weekend on Facebook, YouTube, Roku, and at calvaryccm.com forward slash live. 
Services will begin streaming at 6 p.m. on Saturday and 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. on Sunday. You can find out more at our website. Again, that's calvaryccm.com. We look forward to worshiping with you virtually and hopefully soon in person. If you'd like to explore more teachings from Pastor Mark in this series right now, you'll also find them online, along with more information about the church and this ministry. Would you do us a favor? Would you be praying for Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne staff during this time? We appreciate you lifting us up to the Lord. Please pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ across the nation too. This is a great way to support one another when we can't be in each other's company. That's all we have time for today. Join Pastor Mark next time to continue studying through the powerful Word of God right here on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.